The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. And welcome to episode 73 of the Boys of Tech for Wednesday the 7th of July 2010. I'm Edwin Herman, my co-host Brett King joins me via Skype. Welcome Brett. Hello. Uh, We're doing episode 73, we're doing it uh, on a Wednesday this week, Um, as I mentioned a few episodes ago, the... Schedules all over the place. Yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. We're still doing one a week, but it's, it's not necessarily Monday morning anymore. We're kicking it to one a week, but it might be sometime during the week. That's right. So, uh, now, you know, we're going to kick off with a story from Google, but before I do, about six months ago, Google sent me a $75 voucher for advertising for Google Ads. In other words, 75 bucks worth of Google Ads. And I forgot to redeem it before the expiry date. Oh, snub. I know. It's, oh, you know, and anyway, last week, or the, well, the week just been, I received a $50 voucher from Google for, <laughs> for Google Ads. And this time, I'm going to make sure I redeem that in the ex- within the expiry date. <laughs> I've learned from my mistake. Good, good. I had a, a similar thing happen to me, but not for Google Ads vouchers. I had free movie vouchers. And I had to redeem them before the end of June. And, well, there hadn't been very many good movies coming out. So, <laughs> so I ended up having a couple left over that I didn't redeem purely because there's nothing to go watch. Oh, no. What a yep. wa- it's a waste, isn't it? What about Twilight? You're not going to see that? No, definitely not. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. You can do the review. <laughs> you can do the Boys of Tech yeah, review I, of Twilight. I, I, uh, I will quite happily keep away from that one. I've heard that it's, uh, yeah. I heard Vampires it's not, not do not sparkle in my worldview. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, the Google story I wanted to kick off with was the rumor that's been going around this week, which I'm sure you've, you've all heard, and that is that Google might be coming up with a Facebook killer. Apparently called Google Me. Really, really. What do you think? Is, I it, is, that was, is it plausible? Well, it's 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 always plausible. We know Google. Google does anything and everything that its <laughs> founders or its higher ups suddenly have a brain spurge about. But I thought the Facebook killer was the buzz about buzz. But obviously, that's not. <laughs> even close to being a Facebook killer. Oh, that's um, more of a Twitter killer. Well, it's not even a Twitter killer, is it? Well, not at the moment, but I mean, it ha- if, if if it was going to be a killer of anything, it's, it, I mean, it's a Twitter really is, is what I'm trying to say. Kind of. It's it's a Twitter slash Facebook status update sort of thing. And it's it's kind of merged into something else now as a sort of like an, a, a search and amalgamator of different of those different things. All I know is that when it came out, I 
I made sure I turned it off my Gmail because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need another one. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, Google have Orkut, they have Buzz, and they have Profiles, and they're all they all kind of fill their own sort of niche. Mm-hmm. And the rumor is that, or one of the rumors, um, one of the variations of the rumor is that the Google Me supposed Facebook killer is going to be an amalgamation of all three into one, into like a, a super social network. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it kind of would, it would kind of make sense to, you know, integrate all, all those three things in, in, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, yeah. you know, put it this way, if anyone can eat into Facebook's market share. Yeah, I think that's, it'd be good. that's the key word there. Well, the key words, eat into. <laughs> as opposed to take I, I, over. As opposed to take over. Google has definitely got the leverage and the mass to create a, a social network, which will have people who will jump on board. You'll have instant jump on boards because of the fact that it's just Google. But they've also got the other things as you're talking about, Buzz and um the other ones, which I can't remember right now. Or uh, profiles. Which, yeah, which would bring yeah. across their their user bases to it. And depending on how Google did it, what sort of features it had, it might take some slack off of Facebook. But Facebook's kind of got that first in show, you know, that, well, not first in show, that best in show uh, about it. It's been around for quite some time. It has its 400 million users already it's got the interactive api which allows you to develop apps for it and it has a lot of people who play a lot of games which they get through facebook oh it's a very mature network it is it is and so the 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 slogan of facebook killer or it would they would be hard pressed to really destroy facebook but if there's anyone who could come up with a system which would rival facebook it would be Google. Yeah, Google would, it would, yeah. I bet they get the privacy right this time following the Buzz saga. <laughs> and also, yeah. actually, quite well, timely, timely with the Facebook privacy thing as well. Yeah, well, you know, Google has got a couple of um, lawsuits currently going against it over issues around privacy, and it's steadfastly doing things not quite on the nice. <laughs> so, I, can, I can think of the wireless sniffing one. Exactly, exactly. And depending on where you are depends on whether or not or how Google has responded to that country's suits and inquiries over its wireless sniffing. Uh, In America, they're steadfastly refusing to give up the data, which is why the class action lawsuit's been brought again. Are they allowed to hold on to the data? Well, there's there's no standard law across the the different states. And so, yeah, they they can fight it. Whereas in other places, it's it's a lot more cut and dried. Like we talk, we talked about in France under their yeah, we talked about France how yeah, they, how the data had been given over to France. That's right, they had to give uh, it over. And the, the, the French investigators had discovered actual private personal information inside that data. And actually, that's a good time to plug episode seventy-two. So if you want to go to uh, uh, our website, boysoftech.com, you can listen to that uh, that whole segment on episode seventy-two. Mm-hmm. But yes, you know, so yes, they yeah. they don't have a brilliant currently this year track record for privacy no, within no. themselves. Um, but they do have the power and the mass, uh, and they have the creativity. Well, yeah, but here's, here's the thing: Do you yeah, think? Definitely. 
editor to Facebook. But once again, this is just a rumor. Google has not said anything about it. No, that's the thing. And also, do you think that Google would even want to create a, a sort of a, a Facebooky type thing? Well, what do you think? Well, it's hard to imagine why they would want to uh, really try and take on Facebook unless they were trying to go for total world dominance, uh, you know, well, total internet dominance, because they've already got the number one search. They're coming out with their Chrome OS. They've got the biggest competing operating system for smartphones. They've got uh, YouTube. When you're talking social network, you've got your video and, and video blogging home right there. YouTube. So why they would want to tackle Facebook is beyond me. But yeah, maybe they are wanting to go for a total internet dominance. I guess until Google say anything, we won't really know. Um, We won't really know at all. The the rumor started when Kevin Rose posted a tweet saying, oh, um, huge rumor, Google to launch Facebook competitor very soon, Google me, very credible source which kind of suggests that maybe there's something there, but who knows? Who knows? Mm. We won't know until Google says something. Now, you mentioned Facebook. Now, uh, Facebook, (laughs) did you hear about the story that they apparently disabled a boycott BP page? Mm. Yep. Yep. Apparently, it was an oversight, say, Facebook, that, you know, because people, you know, when this happened, of course, you know, someone's obviously created this boycott BP because of what's happening in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it had uh, how many, 70,000 members, I think? 700,000 members. 700,000 members. The, well, well, the group says it has 700,000 So members. the group says, yeah. And one day it just disappeared. And mm-hmm. Facebook came back and said, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, we ac- accidentally disabled it. It was a, there was an error, a technological glitch. Yeah, one of their automated systems had gone through and disabled it. But when it happened, of course, people were wondering what's going on behind this. Is Facebook, has Facebook been pressured by BP to get rid of this? Yeah. Uh, Because BP BP have said, you know, they they were asked and they said, no, no, we had nothing to do with the taking down of it. We, Mm. so we're absolutely, in fact. Yeah, they they said they had nothing to do with the taking down of it and they had contacted Facebook themselves after they became aware of it to find out what was going on. So yeah, I mean people people like to jump to conclusions when they see this and and it's only natural to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it's back now. So there's nothing really behind that story is there? Well, you know, all of these sorts of things, technological or not, finger quotes, can they feed the conspiracy theories? Well, yeah. They do. I'm like the next person. I like a good conspiracy theory. Oh, look, Nothing I do too. more entertaining than a good conspiracy theory. It's whether or not there's any actual conspiracy behind that theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There, there have been a, a number of conspiracy theories that were held as just conspiracy theories that have eventually been found to be at least partly true in the past. Mm. And so that's why I think we like them because we know that there's a possibility. Yeah, there's always of, a possibility of something being true. Something true. Yeah. But then some things like this, this boycott BP thing, it would be what would be the point of it going away and then coming back? There's been so much precedent in the past of things that went away, things that were hugely popular that suddenly disappeared. And how could anybody think that they could make it disappear and not have some sort of repercussion. It's, yeah, it makes me think, why would this be, you know, yeah, why would, you why, even why would try? there actually be a conspiracy yeah. behind this? 
because it was such a, you know, 700,000 members of this group. If it suddenly disappears from Facebook, somebody's going to notice. Oh, absolutely. Somebody's going to go to Facebook and go, why did you remove this? 700,000 so people would probably notice. Nobody's going to, yeah, no, it only really works as a conspiracy theory if it was something which was very splinter, very fringe group, had a small number of people or something that was starting to slip away and they could quietly, you know, Facebook could quietly remove it without anybody noticing. This just wasn't that sort of situation. But you never know. Maybe it was just something to put some Facebook back in the page, on the front page. Maybe it was something just to put Boycott BP in the, the newspapers, get their group a few more members. Well, Maybe that's the conspiracy uh, here. here. Well, that's, well, I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. But no, I, seriously, I think, it, I think it's definitely a case of nothing to see here, move along. Uh, I think so too. It always, um, <laughs> sometimes I feel that parts of these segments become what irks Brett segments, but anyway, <laughs> I'm going to spill <laughs> my irk from this thing, is that a lot of these times you're not ever in these boycotts actually hurting the company you think you're attempting to hurt by boycotting something. You end up hurting the uh, a local community group or, or, or you know, a, a local owner of a station and it never reflects at all on the corporate that you're, you're looking at. Because this is mainly centered around Americans boycotting BP in their country, but it's, it's gone global as well. But there's BP actually owns no BP service stations in America. They sold them all in 2008. So all of the American ones are independent, are they? Yeah. All 11 and a bit thousand BP stations in America are all locally owned by people within the communities yeah. that well, they are look, in. Just <laughs> hang on, but by boycotting BP, you are hurting the company a little bit, but you're hurting the local retailers a lot. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you still are hurting the company a, a little tiny, tiny bit. You're hurting the brand image of the company. Well, you're not buying their oil, they're selling less oil. Well, that's the other thing. When you fill up with gasoline at a petrol station, let's say, you know, BP branded, Shell branded, whatever, the petrol that you get is a mix. And, and in some of the... But if you go to a BP petrol, station, you're getting BP petrol, aren't you? Well, you generally get BP petrol. But once again, if they're not owned by BP, they can source their petrol from anywhere. You can buy unbranded petrol from the refineries. It only yeah, yeah, but you BP can't. Surely, surely if you're a BP one... If you're branded with BP, surely there must be a there must be a, a, a I don't know some clause in the oh yeah there's the, contractual clause says that it you says you have to sell BP yeah. surely but not all of the petrol has to be BP oh really depends on their it depends on their contracts that, well that surprises me I would have thought they would have said you know if 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 you've got the BP signage and and whatnot on your service station you are selling only and exclusively BP petrol that's what I would have thought I mean I don't know I don't know this I'm just saying what I expect. Mm. I don't know. Uh, it depends on the contracts as to whether or not it's only BP petrol. You won't have somebody else's branded petrol. You'll, you'll never go to a BP station and buy Shell petrol. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, I but agree with that. you can go to a BP station and depending on what the contract that BP station has and whether or not it's, you know, it's a BP-owned BP station or whether or not it's just a BP franchise station, you may be getting BP petrol, which has BP additives in it, which is why it's BP branded petrol, or they can also sell unbranded petrol. Really? Yeah. See, that's a bit I, I'm surprised, but okay, we can go with that. 
Maybe, well, maybe some. I get from reading. <laughs> well, you may well be right. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying much. I'm surprised. I'm not saying. saying far too much <laughs> about BP petrol stations in America now. <sighs> Useless information. Constant <laughs> <laughs> what, what is here's here's a pop quiz for you. What does BP stand for? Uh, British Petroleum. Yay! One point to Brett. <laughs> I don't know what you win or anything, but you've got yourself a point. How's that? Excellent. All right. Now there's a story about HDMI for audio and video. At the moment, the HDMI video cables that go between your equipment at home, you know, between your your big TV and and whatever media device you've got, mm-hmm. is is its own stand. It's a, it's a special cable and it's really expensive. And I saw a story. Yeah, expensive. Yeah, and I saw a story about uh, HDMI going through Cat Six in the future. They're going to standard. They're going to make this a standard. And it's going to be through an, an ordinary Cat Six cable, like, like Ethernet. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the HD base T. I am indeed. I, that's right. It'll be called HD base T. HD base T. It's an interesting. I, I was reading it and. The first thing that struck me is, oh, not again. Why do they keep changing the plugs? <laughs> <laughs> How many times do they want me to buy another freaking Yeah, but this time. Theater system? It's going but, to something good, isn't it? Well, kind of. Kind of. Once again, it's another conversion technology. It's using a plug uh, and a cable, which is very standard already. Cat 5E or Cat 6 cables. It allows you to pipe, what, HD video, audio, network and power over the single cable. But when I was reading through the specification for it, it's talking about, you know, passing through HD video, 3D video, but the data standard that would be pumping through the connection would only be 100 megabit, no gigabit. But would it need to be? Well, it depends. That that cable would be dedicated to HDMI, right? It's just HDMI stuff that's going across that cable. So if, if 100 well, megabits no. a second is fast so enough. they're talking about, as I said, this convergence. You having just one cable going to the, the different devices, pumping through the, the HD stream, uh, network data, audio data. Oh, over so the same cable. Can, yeah, all over the same cable. Even power over the same cable. And internet traffic. Yeah, and internet traffic. Oh, over, over the, the same, same cable. cable. Oh, now that's interesting. All over the same cable. But so, so are they saying though? Daisy chain the devices together, or you could uh, arrange all your devices connected via uh, some sort of hub unit. So you could have like you know you've got your Blu-ray player, you've got your standard, you know DVR, you've got your stereo system, you've got your PlayStation, your Xbox. You can have all of those connecting to the the hub device, which then sends one cable straight to your telly. But a lot of televisions these days are also internet, you know, internet enabled. So you can plug the television. The television has its own net, its own NIC, uh, its own MAC address, and it can connect to your router and, and blah, 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 blah. And so you can browse the internet on your television. If you were going through this one standard here, that connection from the internet to your television, the speed of it would be 100 megabit. And so, uh, I guess so sh- the, the streaming features of whatever came from your uh, from your local network to whatever device was playing it through your television uh, to that device would be 100 megabit. That's what I'm getting from reading this. But, you know, that's going to – I mean, this is new. This this will go up to a gig and then 10 gig and, and, and whatnot. Well, will and, it? Well, will it be able to – my guess is the reason they're being able to do this is something uh, – because there's a limited number of wires – running through Cat5 or Cat6 cable. And depending on what you're using across those different those different wires... No, I think they'll get there. I think get. they will. 
will I be able to get to one gigabit without having to come up with a new cable? Which this was supposed to, you know, well, negate the fact of having a new cable and getting a cheap cable. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. HDMI. I have faith in them. Or somebody could come up with a cheap way to make HDMI. Why are they so expensive? What is so special about an HDMI cable? I know, I know. That's the bit that, that makes gets, it more yeah, expensive I know, than, I know. to make and produce and sell than an than a USB cable or Cat five. But I actually find all cables expensive. Actually, just well, on, on their topic, they, oh, they they all are. You you buy a well, USB cable, they're, they're all they're all relatively what? expensive. But once again, it's it's like they try to upsell you on cables. So when you go and buy an AV cable, for instance, you can buy your standard. $10 AV cable. And for almost everybody, that's perfectly adequate. Nobody's going to notice anything about it. But then you can go and you can buy your $80 cable, which is like, you know, gold plated with platinum electrodes and all that sort of stuff. And Uber shielded with its own Faraday cage of copper mesh all the way along to prevent signal degradation. And true audio and video files will go, yeah, you've got to have one of those. You've got to, if you haven't spent $200 on your cable, you're not getting the quality. And true audio and video files will say that they can tell the difference. And I'm sure you can tell the difference between a, a good cable and a really crap cable. But can you tell the difference between a good cable and a cable that costs five times more because it's gold-plated all the way through and, you know, platinum electrodes? Yeah. And has Faraday so, so what you're saying is can you tell between a, a, a medium and a high-end cable? Indeed. So that's what you're and, saying, yeah. So can, you, can you really justify that cost other than, you know, some people? I still find all cables more expensive than they need to be. That they only need to be about a two or three dollars each. That's all they need to be. They're worth about fifty cents to make. Anyway, Sony. I want to move on. To, <laughs> I want to move on to Sony. Apparently, there's been stories that they uh, to recall half a million laptops. Now, Brett, you're going to tell us that they're not actually um, going to recall them um, in, in just a second. But the stories um, out there on on the web interwebs is that Sony were to recall half a million. Uh, Vio laptops mm-hmm. 260,000 in the US 100,000 in Europe 120,000 in Asia and 50,000 in Japan and it was due to overheating mm-hmm. but, yeah, but you were telling me uh, just prior to the show that they're not actually rec- or they don't really need to recall them do they? No, no it's not really a recall and Sony have a website about the problem which is on, what is it, F and C series virus that have been in the market since January this year. And the problem is with uh, the software, part of the, the device driver, which controls the temperature and monitors the temperature in the system. Sony has a website about the problem. And nowhere does Sony say anything about it being a recall. What they instead say is, if you've got it, here is a software update download to fix the problem. So it's just a software update. So why are all, this is the thing? Why are all these tech sites saying that it's a recall? I don't know. I think it's the same as most everything. It's it's people blowing smoke. <laughs> Must be. I, I saw that initially. I thought you know you see as you do you scan the headlines and you see half a million laptops recalled by Sony and you think oh my goodness what's going on? Half yeah. a million is is a not an insignificant number, but you know, as you say, it's yeah, just a and, software and update. It will, it'll definitely snag people's attention because Sony has, in the past, had to recall devices. Um, batteries and in lots of manufacturers, yeah. yeah, because of faulty <laughs> batteries. But that was a hardware issue. They were actual right. faulty hardware units. This is an issue in software, 
and so a software update fixes it. But you can and also take your laptop into a Sony service uh, service center and, uh, and they'll do it for you, right? Yes, yes. People who have VIOs that are covered within this problem can have Sony pick up their laptop and repair it for you, or you can download the software update that fixes the, the floor yourself. Do they say that they'll pick up the laptop? Uh, that's what's being reported. Oh, now that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's, that's nice if they do. Indeed. Indeed. It is a significant problem. You know, it's something that should not have gone past quality assurance. Yeah, well, that's true. Because it, it can cause excess heat buildup. It can, there have been reports of it warping, the, the heat buildup warping the, the, the case. Oh, the wow. So, so it's actually quite There's a significant no, heat. Yeah, it's a significant heat. heat. There's been no, no reports yet of people saying that it's burnt them, but the heat buildup is definitely significant enough to burn your skin on contact. So it is a, a significant issue, which is why Sony's taking such a, a, a mess, you know, uh, is obviously offering this service to pick it up, get your laptop from you and fix them. And obviously those that have suffered an issue and have warped would go off for repair. But if you had a laptop which was affected by this flaw and it had not gone to the point where it's warped or damaged it yet, you can just download a software fix to to fix the problem and you don't you know, don't ever have to send your laptop away. Sounds much better than a recall. Yeah, it does. Now we're going to move <laughs> on to our last story this week. In episode 72 of The Boys of Tech, we talked about uh, Apple's reception problems on the iPhone 4. <laughs> now, Apple issued a, uh, an open letter to, to its customers about that. And w- in it, uh, and in uh, press releases as well, they, they've come out and said, well, actually, really, the, the problem is not so much the reception itself, but how we report the reception by the number of bars on the uh, signal strength meter that, that's on the, on, the, <laughs> on the phone. Indeed. What they've, actually said, what they've come out and said is that they've made this stunning revelation <laughs> that the formula used to determine how many bars it should show that represents the, your signal strength Mm-hmm. Uh, it was totally incorrect. Indeed, quite inaccurate. It was a stunning discovery, they they say. But what I, what I, I don't understand, <laughs> what I don't understand is where does this formula come from? Is that not yeah. something that they do? Well, yeah, it is. It is indeed. It's something that they came up with. Uh, there is no standard for bars and the formula for assigning, you know, um, what each of the bars represents. There's no standard for it at all. But there is kind of a a. Accepted uh, norm. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's kind of a norm for how the bar, the bar differentiation should work. Because uh, apparently the, the the lowest bar is around minus 113 decibels. It's mm-hmm. the low end. The high end is minus 50 decibels. But it's yep. not linear. And in no, f- it's not linear. And in fact, apparently the fifth bar on the iPhone represents about 40 dB worth of you know, power, uh, signal strength, I should say. The fourth bar only represents uh, a difference of 10 dB. The third mm-hmm. bar represents a change of only 2 dB. The second bar, 4 dB. And the first, the very first bar, 6 dB. So mm-hmm. it's completely, it's, it's non-linear at all. Yeah, it's, it's non-linear at all. And as and you said, there's no standards for that. So. Yeah, there's no standards, but there is a accepted measure for it. Because the reason there's these big jumps and it's not linear, uh, for those listeners out there who don't know, and I didn't, until earlier today, <laughs> is because the point of the bars is most of the time you're going to be in an area where you've got four to five bars and everything's going to be sweet. 
So you're never going to look at your bars. The point of it is the lower the bars, the finer the degree of difference. And it's used to help diagnose problems with your wireless connection as to whether or not it's reception issues or not. Yeah, so what what you're saying is that people only really care about the sort of low end stuff at the bottom mm. end, because yep. if you're you know above I don't know thirty or forty percent signal strength, you're fine. So mm-hmm. you, so what you're saying is that they show that as five bars, and it's and, and all the the sort of differences between one, two, three, and four bars is all to do at the bottom end because yep. that's what we care about. That's that's yep. you know, it's what you care about when yeah. you're trying to diagnose a problem. It's like when you're parking a car, you don't really care if you've got a couple of meters in front of you. It's when you come down to to a few centimeters that you really care about. Okay, how much room have I got left now? Mm-hmm. Nice analogy, I thought, wasn't it? Indeed. Just off the cuff like that. Yep. And I thought it was quite interesting because a um, an Antec website did a review of the signal strength and the bar to signal strength, you know, conversion between the what the iPhone displays and what an Android smartphone oh, displays. Oh, okay. And how did that come out? It showed exactly what Apple has been presenting here, is that... For the same strength, for the same signal strength, the iPhone reported more bars than the Android phone did. So the Android phone was reporting that it had less signal than what the iPhone was, but they actually both had the same signal. So that could definitely be a part of it. But seeing as it is definitely affected by where you hold on an iPhone, the the, the reception, I think there's still something. Yeah, they kind of sidestepped that there. one, didn't they? They yeah, sidestepped yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think this is almost like, this. This is almost like a diversion. This is definitely part of it. Yeah. This incorrect reporting yeah, sure. of yeah. signal strength is definitely part of it. It's going to be misleading people. People thinking they're in a five strength area when really they're in like a three strength area. But the fact that the way you hold the phone also drastically alters yeah, the Yeah, that's, that's still an issue. Yeah, I think I, it's still, still indicates yeah. some sort of hardware issue. So Apple, more work to do. Mm, but definitely fix your algorithm. <laughs> you, you can buy one of their cases though for twenty nine bucks. Yeah, they've come out with their it's own. It's the case. first time they've gone into it with the iPhone four. Well, it's always uh, been you know other. Oh yeah, parties. yeah. It's the first time they stepped into the uh, sort of the what, case market. Yeah, the case. Yeah, or the accessories market. In fact, yeah, yeah. Mm. They haven't really done anything else. Well, actually, apart from the Nike, you know, Nike. What what do they call that? Nike fitness thing. Oh, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the shoes that wirelessly tell you, you know, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, the shoe that wirelessly connects to your yeah. to your. Apart iPod. from that, that's, that, I think that's, I think that from memory, that's the only other accessory they've ever done. So, yeah. Mm. All right, Brett, that's the show for this week. Once again, episode 73 is all wrapped up. And I'd like to thank you for hosting, co-hosting the show with me. Always a pleasure. And uh, I guess we'll do it again uh, next week. Indeed. And don't forget to check out our website at boysoftech.com. Uh, leave your comments there. Also, rate our episodes on the Flight Star system. Love to hear from you. See you again next week. Till then, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.